One preseason game in the books on the cusp of the entire league getting into preseason action. Who are those players to watch in the preseason for our final division in this series, the NFC West? Some stats from my co-host, Matt Williamson, as well on the division, and maybe where these teams might end up in 2022. Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at BB Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt, I want to, instead of going alphabetical with the uh, NFC West, we'll, we'll hold oh. off on the Cardinals for a second. I want to start with the Los Angeles Rams because there's a topical story going on right now with the Rams. And I want to make sure we get into it plenty. And that is the arm problems that Matthew Stafford is suffering right now. And according to his head coach, Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford's elbow injury is, quote, a tricky deal. And the most important part is, quote, abnormal for a quarterback, more of a baseball type injury, they're calling it. And it's funny because earlier this offseason, there was talk about Trey Lance and arm fatigue. And maybe, you know, he, he was changing his throwing motion and there's all kinds of problems maybe for Trey Lance as a quarterback. And that turned out not to be really the case. But it turns out it's actually Matthew Stafford that's got the arm fatigue and got this baseball type dead arm that he's dealing with. And he's going to have to take some time off. And I don't know that it they're not super worried about it. But if you are a quarterback that can't throw, that can also be a problem. Is this part of a, a bigger potential injury for Matthew Stafford? I just think it's something to monitor. It sounds like, as you mentioned, they're going to be extremely cautious here, which, of course, makes all the sense in the world. I mean, it's the first time I guess we have to kind of worry about this. But if it lingers and these things can linger, uh, that could derail the season. I mean, they have nothing really behind them. John Wolford's a backup right now. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean, it's not even like a Jacoby Brissett get me through the first month type of deal. It, it's the, you know, danger, danger that the, the whole place is on fire type of deal if it's Stafford can't play. I'm sure they'll do everything to get him to the finish, to the starting line, and they're great with injuries there. But, man, um, I hope we check back in a week and it's gone away, but I don't know. Which leads us to, yeah, the first player to watch in, in Rams preseason games is going to be John Wolford because I don't I guess, think that's yeah. going to make any appearances at all. And he's going to rest that arm. And I, how many, let's say this isn't, I don't think they're worried about this being the case. And Matthew Stafford's played through a lot of injuries in his career. Uh, and it's kind of one of the things you forget. Like the two things with Matthew Stafford when he was with the Detroit Lions was uh, they lose a lot of games, but he puts up stats and he gets injured a little bit too much. I'm starting to break mm -hmm. down towards the end of his career. And, and so, you know, one of those things was fixed going to the Los Angeles Rams. The other thing now, maybe, who knows, we might start to see if he gets ugly head again with some Stafford injuries popping up. But let, let's say worst case scenario and Stafford ends up needing some surgery and they lose him for the year. W what does that do to the win-loss total if John Wolford is your starting quarterback? I think it plummets as much as any team in the league going from starter to backup. I mean, uh, here's a little Stafford, you know, stat just to show some of his his brilliance. Really, you know, opponents blitz Stafford only twenty percent of the time. Only Mahomes was blitzed less, and this makes perfect sense because Stafford averaged seven point six yards per play against the blitz 
threw only one pick against 19 touchdowns. You know, like that's just one idea, one showing of, okay, now the whole, now McVeigh and Stafford knows no one's going to blitz me because I tear it apart. So we're used to four rushers and, you know, seven dropping and, you know, we can dictate things that way. You know, even Goff leaving town and making way for Stafford, so many more deep digs, you know, arm strength throws, aggressive throws, things like that, that you would have to reel everything back in and go back to a running game that doesn't have Todd Gurley in his prime. You know, it's a, it, it, I think it would really be a problem for the Rams. It, it would definitely be a problem. Yeah. And even John Wolford, and look, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he's the next great. Maybe he's the next Kurt Warner. I have no idea, right? Like, But Maybe, you, would, right. you would expect he's even sub Jared Goff level, and they wanted Jared Goff out of town. But they went to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. But again, like mm-hmm. you said, you know, different different style of offense, different um, personnel there. Uh, if Real quick note. I mean, we're really getting ahead of ourselves. I mean, if he needs surgery, missing, right. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but he'll probably play every single snap of every single game. And be a Pro Bowl, yeah, right. But just with the way this team is structured, one year like that for the Rams, since they don't ever have first-round picks, you know, could really derail them. You know what I mean? One bad year, not like your Niners. You know, Niners had a bad year. They draft Bosa second overall. They're right back in it. You know, like the Rams don't benefit from a bad year at all. And looking at the rest of their roster composition, too, and they have some Everyone just gets a year older. But right, everyone gets a year older, but it doesn't even mean it doesn't even go for staff, uh, just Matthew Stafford. It goes for if they, what if they lost Aaron Donald? What if they lost just Jalen? Just one of those guys alone, if they lost him for a significant amount of time, could be trouble. And that's the the edge you teeter on when you have such a stars and scrubs sort of a, a roster build. And I mentioned they're great with injuries, and I have no idea what to think of this, but really, since McVeigh's been there, They've been far and away the healthiest, luckiest, however you want to call it, team with injuries. They haven't had to deal with those things, especially for their stars. Is their training staff better than everybody else's? Are they ahead of the game, or are they just flat out lucky? That's a great question. That's yeah, absolutely that's a big deal, right? A great question. Um, six yards per play. I'm actually surprised to see that another team in the NFC West was actually better. The only two teams better than the Rams six yards per play on offense last year was San Francisco and Tampa. Yeah. Surprised about that. And San Francisco, you know, obviously under Kyle Shanahan, high efficiency offense, but not the volume that some other offense put together, which is why that one kind of surprised me because you don't see them up there with the volume stats a lot of times because, um, you know, they're a little bit more balanced and, and run the ball quite a bit and actually utilize a fullback, which the Rams do not 11 personnel, 86% of the time according to your sheet here. Yeah, they're very, they're the heaviest 11 personnel team in the league. They're also one of the heaviest six or more defensive backs on the field. And, and so they have a lot of little people on the field, yeah. if they have the ball or not, you know, speed. And that's how they play the game. It certainly works out very well. I mean, I mentioned since McVay's been there, they're 55 and 26 since McVay took over a bad team. And a lot of those with Jared Goff, um, very high, sack differential i mean they've 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 acquired the they've sacked opposing quarterbacks last year 19 more times than their guy went down and really all their numbers are exceptional on both sides of the ball dealing with a van jefferson injury right now but that receiver depth worries me a little bit you know with all the 11 personnel they play yeah who's who's number three right now well, I think thankfully, and maybe it's just because he's being thrust into this and getting more opportunities, but Tutu Atwell, kind of forgotten guy, you know, 150-pound mm-hmm. speedster, is having a pretty good camp this year. 
And, you know, maybe we wrote him off a little bit too early there for the Rams. So it's going to have to be, I think, 2-2 at will because they don't have a lot otherwise. Uh, Jacob Harris is there, sort of a, you know, I think they tried to maybe move him to tight end. He's back at wide receiver. Um, and obviously it's it's Cooper Cup and, and Allen Robinson. I think it bodes well in fantasy for both of those guys. Just huge volume. And Co- Cooper Cup already had it. And I think Allen Robinson, I, I think you have to love his bounce back here with the Rams. Yeah, I have him. I'm going to pull up my receiver ranks super quick here. I have Allen Robinson as my receiver 16. And I think when I initially did him, he was 25-ish. I, I'm just going to brush last year off like it never happened. The Rams mm-hmm. have had such success grabbing guys like that at this later in their career, in the, in the prime of their career, and maximizing them. And all the beat reporter stuff is really, really high on Robinson. So I'm all in. I, but they might need to sign Odell. Or, you know, I mean, right now things are a little thin, which is how this team's built. They did lose Whitworth on the offensive line. So yeah. that's one. You know, you got what Joe Noteboom plugging in, David Edwards, Brian Allen, Logan Bruss, the third round pick, uh, Bobby Evans, the third round pick from a couple of years ago. Those guys, it looks like, are battling at right guard, Rob Havenstein. It's not a who's who of offensive line here for the Rams, which is a little worrisome, especially if you got a, a quarterback who's dealing with some arm injuries. Yeah, 100%. And, and um, this team's always interesting for me team building wise. Everyone realizes they never have first round picks. They go out and get shiny things like Bobby Wagner and Von Miller last year and things like that. But pretty much their O line is all mid round picks. You know, they all, I always tell, tell people about the Rams like, yeah, they don't make any early picks, but they make a lot of picks every year. Well, they, they're always on guards and projects and they throw a lot of fourth and fifth rounders at that problem. And they've made it work, but that was also with Whitworth. And, you know, so yeah, I, I don't think it's hard to look at this team and be like, this could be a disaster season or <laughs> they could be, be Super Bowl champs again, you know? Yeah, and that's the, the risk you run, an injury or two, and you could really be in a really bad situation, something like the yeah. you know, Baltimore Ravens or something we're in last year. So that's the worry. And plenty to watch on the offensive line, just how that comes together. Guys like Logan Bruss, can he go win that starting job as a rookie? at guard um, for a team that's got Super Bowl aspirations. You know, how does Allen Robinson look? Tutu Atwell is going to be a big one, I think, now for me, especially after the Van Jefferson injury to watch on offense. And apparently, Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers are pretty much splitting reps with the ones in Rams that camp. Surprised that surprised me. So yeah, I thought Akers would be the guy. Yeah, I, I always thought Akers would just take this over and be the, the every-down guy and Henderson sprinkled in. I guess we'll have to watch that, but um, I, I think that's a big fantasy nugget to monitor right now. Next, let's move on to the defensive side of the ball for the Rams. We'll run through the rest of the teams as well in the NFC West. Players to watch as we get close to the preseason and some of Matt Williamson's statistical nuggets with the rest of the teams in the NFC West. But first, level with me. Have We've all been in a situation at some point in our lives where you know, a little tight on cash, and maybe you needed a little help. Uh, maybe potentially a little help from your future se- self would have been very nice. And that doesn't even have to be with money. Future self could have helped me out of a lot of things in my <laughs> life. Um, maybe, you know, you just need to put a few more gallons of tank uh, gas in your tank this week or, you know, save the date. And you're wondering how you're going to pay for that wedding gift, then the travel. And that's where Dave can help. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash more money to fill your tank by that wedding gift catch up on bills you can finally tackle all those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hang-ups there's no interest and no credit check needed millions of people have already downloaded the dave app to get financial relief they need with extra cash so 
If you're in a pinch, need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's Dave, D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. For your second listen, make sure you're checking out everything else on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. That is the home of Peacock and Williamson. Subscribe up there. And remember, your team is covered here on the Locked On Podcast Network, no matter the sport. Okay, Matt, defensively, what are you looking at here with the Rams? Who is the player to watch for you? Is it is it one of the young guys? Is it some competition? Or are you just sort of looking at guys like Bobby Wagner to see how much they have left in the tank? I absolutely look at Bobby Wagner, but there's just three defenders I wanted to throw out there is Ashawn Robinson and Greg Gaines. You know, they get no credit at all playing next to Aaron Donald, but they don't, they're not just, you know, benefactors of Donald. In a way, I think they make Donald's life easier because they do all the dirty work on the inside, tough guys, hard to run on, you know, allows Donald to stunt and be more active. So those are two guys I just want to throw out there. And, Wagner's new running mate, Ernest Jones, third-round pick last year. I think he's a huge breakout linebacker candidate here. And now he gets the benefit of hanging out with Wagner all the time, you know, learn a couple tricks to trade from him. That's a really good one. Uh, and, yeah, taking on all those blocks for Aaron Donald, some size. Right, because right. Donald's not the biggest guy. He's very strong, you know, but you do need some size next to Donald. So that's what Ashawn Robinson and Greg Gaines do. I'm a little bit worried about the edge rush, though, because you know, bit, yeah. has, you know been doing it at, at a pretty high level for a long time. Maybe third rounder from a couple years ago, Terrell Lewis. Could he be a guy? They brought in Justin Hollins from Denver. It doesn't really get you super excited. Who's going to be that terror off the edge for this defense? I, I feel like that's their uh, trade deadline move. You know, their Vaughn Miller last year, they go get Robert Quinn or somebody. I heard somebody throw yeah. that out there. And we talked about the yeah. Bears yesterday. You know, bring somebody yeah. back that you're familiar with. Good? Like, just do it now. Yeah, just do it now. Get it out of the way. We know it's coming, you know. Uh, secondary, Taylor Rapp, Jordan Fuller, Nick Scott. Obviously, we know it's Jalen Ramsey, uh, David Long. They've kind of found a, a, a lot of good corners, but they lost depth there as well, and they uh-huh. lost the start in the offseason free agency. So, yeah, they, 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 <laughs> I, I do get a little worried. This is not teams, as good right. of a team on paper than they were last year. Right, and, but if they stay healthy, they can beat anyone, as they just showed. I think they're a great coach. Stafford can stay out of injuries way, and, and that's the thing. They're very fragile, but when they're right, they're a top, top team. They also brought uh, Troy Hill back from Cleveland, which he's one of my favorite players because both my both my grandparents are from Troy Hill here in Pittsburgh. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah. So 12 wins, 12 and five team last year. Obviously, they went on and and ran the table and won the Super Bowl. Bet online. If you look at their odds for um, for over unders for the 2022 season, the most up to date odds I'm pulling up right now. And ten and a half wins. So I think Bet Online, mm. the better Vegas thinks they also got just a little bit worse. Now ten and a half wins is, uh, I think, an easily attainable number for this team, even if they do take a step back, as long as there's not a catastrophic injury. Yeah, I thought the number was going to be like eleven and a half. So I was willing, I was ready to go under. But when you said ten and a half, I think I'll still go over. Eleven, eleven and six does not seem out of the out of question at all for LA. Yeah, I, I still and like you mentioned, they can do things at the trade deadline. I still mm-hmm. think. Ten and a half is is the easy bet for me here, and they're still the favorite to go 
win the NFC West. What about those Arizona Cardinals now? Did you see the quote recently? I mean, we've, we've already talked to death and everybody has the Kyler Murray stuff and the contract. And then they went back and undid the provision. And it's right. like, well, it was there for a reason. You can't undo that. Like it's in our minds. It's in his minds. And it was already in their minds when they signed the contract, worried about him. So there's a little something there. And then in practice, uh, Cliff Kingsbury had Kyler Murray calling plays the other day. And his quote was, uh, sometimes when I call in a play, I see Kyler Murray shaking his head like he doesn't like it. So I wanted Kyler to call the plays himself and say, hey, this bleep ain't that easy. <laughs> I thought that was funny. It was hilarious, first of all. But then with the dynamic of Kyler Murray and everything else, it's like, okay. Uh, I feel like there's something weird there with Kyler Murray. I mean, it's just it's something's not right. I feel like they've totally bowed down and said, Kyler, you're in charge now, you know, for better or worse. I mean, I know everyone talks about him, doesn't do the extra, doesn't watch film. Um, is he a good leader? I think all those things are in question, but it's his team now, whether you like it or not. And he has the most juice in the whole, whole building. And it seems like it's kind Kingsbury, Kyler and everybody else be damned, you know? Uh, as far as players to watch, I'm excited to see how the wide receivers come together. They've traded for yeah. Holly Brown. They still got the aging AJ Green out there on the outside. And then Rondale Moore. Well, how's that usage going to look here in U2? I think a lot of year two, I think a lot of people were really excited about Rondell Moore last year and, and some of his usage. He might be one of those guys that blows up in the preseason and then kind of disappears again in the regular season. But there's opportunity for somebody else besides Hollywood while DeAndre Hopkins is out. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you think this offense, you know, they lost Kirk Edmonds, you know, Hopkins is out six games. Yeah, they added Marquise Brown, drafted Trey McBride. But I think they have to count on a guy like Rondell Moore to be a focal point, you know, and his A dot was ludicrous. It was like a running back's A dot. He got so many passes behind the line of scrimmage. They need to get him down the field a little bit. Let him use his speed, be more of a you know, a true wide receiver. Here's my big worry with this offense, though, is you know, and, and get, last year is a perfect example. You know, they were they they opened the season on a seven game winning streak, you know. So <laughs> they ended it. They were eleven and six after going seven and zero, and they have this terrible trend of the second half not being as good as the first. And I look at AJ Green because of age, Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore because of size, Hudson the center because of age, Beecham the starting right tackle because of age, Ertz age, Murray size. Connor injury history Hopkins already suspended like how many snaps are you going to get out of those names I just mentioned <laughs> I mean you hope you get 75 percent out of all of them right right and so that's and it doesn't all hit at once and you know yeah, I mean you can't get 75 percent out of John Deere Hopkins because he's you know you hope you get 75 right, percent of the right. ones where he's back from you know because uh, he's had some injuries too recently so yeah that's uh, that that is that is a bit of a worry there, and so you could see how this team could go big, but I think there's a really high level of volatility with this team. Where maybe do they go in the tank? Do they go big? I I don't know. It could go a lot of ways there. And you're right, Kyler Murray. Little. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not a good. <laughs> yeah. thing. And Kyler Murray's record. I mean, it's it's not just, you know QB wins. Uh, I know the caveats there, but their their record in the second half of seasons. It wasn't just last year. It's been for a while like that. It's not oh, good. Yeah. And so that absolutely worries you about this team. And one of the other things they, they try to go somewhat fast, you know, and, and spread teams out. It's the Cliff Kingsbury offense. Uh, one of your stats here, the, the Cardinals produced points on 46%, 46.5% of their drives last year, eighth best in the league. 
and they turned the ball over 15 times all year. So that means they weren't their drives weren't ending because they were turning the ball over. Their drives were ending because they just stalled out. They just stall out too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know they were eight and one on the road last year. They were plus 12 in turnover differential. I bet both those numbers are worse this year. I mean, it's almost impossible for them both to be better, you know, and can they overcome those things? And maybe lost the most important contributor on their entire team, or maybe or, uh, I would say it's it's clear they lost the two most important contributors on their entire team for at least half the season with DeAndre Hopkins okay. out, uh, you know, quarterback aside, but then losing Chandler Jones too. I mean, that is Chandler Jones at his as well as he'd played, you know, before some injuries. But I mean, when he's on, that's as dynamic as an edge rusher as there is in the NFL. And that is so impactful for a football team. And so yeah. And so now you're yeah. counting on Marcus Golden and JJ Watt, who both fall in the old category again. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I just think this one's really fragile. They both these teams we've talked about, I think, are really fragile. Yeah. The, and and the, the Cardinals even more so. Yes, yes. I, I don't like the way they built this team, to be very honest. Uh, they're kind of not for me in terms of the way that they've accumulated talent. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So, yeah, basically, I'm watching Hollywood Brown and, and Rondale Moore. That, that's how I'm watching preseason games here for the for the Cardinals. Looking on the defensive side of the ball, nothing really excites me that I'm, that I'm looking for. That's what worries me about this team on defense, though, is because, you know, we mentioned, you know, who's going to be the edge rusher, and there's nobody behind right. You know, Devin Kennard and, and Marcus Golden, that you're like, oh, this guy could be the guy, though. And there's, they don't even have that play. My J. Sanders, I guess, but I didn't really like him. I thought he was overdrafted as a third rounder, sort of yeah. thin. Uh, I thought he was a tweener in a bad way between an edge and an off ball linebacker because I don't really like him at either spot. I think he's one of those guys that instead of being good at both, might be bad at both. Yeah, he wasn't for me either. He's, he's like a former wide receiver and he kind of plays that way. You know, the analytics folks are you know, kills his team for going linebacker, linebacker two years in a row in the first round. So Simmons and Collins have to be great players, you know, and their versatility is a big thing that everyone's been you know harping on, but that's not as easy to pull off at the next level. I take it back. Cameron Thomas, the third round, they, they drafted a couple of oh, guys, yeah. you know, the bigger right. guy and the smaller guy. I do like Cameron Thomas. I don't know if he's ever going to be a world beater, but I think he can be someone that can be a solid sort of, a, you know, starting caliber. Mm-hmm edge guy um i don't know if he's a stand-up rusher but um they're gonna need him though yeah cameron thomas there we go there's the there's that's the guy to watch that's a good one yeah yeah cool so what do you think over under is this so this, this is a worse team. i think it sounds like we both said they're a worse team than last year they got off to that hot start collapsed in the second half they were an 11 and 6 team last year second place in the division in a tough division it's still a pretty tough division not as tough as it was last year 11 and 6 and Bet online has their win total for 2022 at 8.5 wins. So mm-hmm. a 500 team. Over or under 500, Matt, is the question. Who In that division, I'm going to go under. And, yeah, they have Seattle, but I think that they win two or three games in the division. The West, in general, has tough schedules. I don't trust them as much as I do the Niners or Rams. I don't trust them either, but I think they can get to nine and eight. I think they yeah, can get to nine yeah. wins. I'd probably stay away from this bet because of the volatility, but I'll go slightly over on this one. It's a pretty good line. I thought it'd be nine or nine and a half, but I and thought and I was comfortable going under. Now I'm not comfortable, but I still went under. Those sneaky guys in Vegas, sir. Yeah, they know a thing or two. <laughs> All right. Next, we'll finish it up with the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC West. And you can bet on all of those teams to win the Super Bowl. You could bet on 
uh, coaches of the year, offensive players of the year. You've got uh, individual statistics and, and uh, props that you can bet on already for the 2022 season and weekly betting lines all the way through week 16 already at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find news and reviews of the league, not just sports wagering at Bet Online, news and scores. Um, tons of information for you to place those bets at Bet Online. Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf, live in game betting, which is always fun if you're there. You put your bet on the game and you don't like how it's going, bet on the second half of the game at Bet Online. Scores and podcasts, everything they have you covered on wagering on sports at Bet Online, even some Vegas casino games as well. So get over to Bet Online today. Use your desktop or mobile device to learn more about the trends in action at Bet Online, where the game starts. The San Francisco 49ers next up on the list. This is all about Trey Lance. Sure. You're developing a quarterback, first year starter. Sky's the limit, but we've seen many, many young quarterbacks crash and burn as well. So just get your popcorn ready because the rest of the team is uh, Super Bowl caliber. I'm very, very in on Trey Lance for fantasy. I don't know that it makes them the Niners a better team now, um, but boy, he is going to be everywhere on my fantasy teams because I think he is a Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts combination, you know, I mean, which is pretty good for fantasy. That's um, great for fantasy. Yeah, yeah, you'll take that. Yeah. Jalen Hurts didn't have to play amazing to be a, a, a QB1 in your fantasy leagues last year. Oh, and, exactly. And, and I think that's kind of the floor for what Trey Lance could be in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Maybe I'm maybe I'm overstating it, but I think it's almost the floor. I do too, and I think he's a, ver- a better passer than Hurts. I trust the staff better. I like his supporting cast better. So I've moved Trey Lance up to like my sixth or seventh. I think he's seventh. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, and that, and you were getting people were getting mad at you for having him at I think eight or nine or wherever he was. Or I 10. think it was ten, and now I have yeah. him. Yeah, I mean, I have him over Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and Dak Prescott, and I mean, great players. I just think he's perfect for fantasy. It's exciting. It's an exciting time. The mm-hmm. one caveat for fantasy and for reality with Trey Lance. Um, well, two caveats. One for fantasy is volume. Are they going to try to run the ball so much that he doesn't yeah. get the volume to put up those statistics to carry your, you know, your fantasy football team? Um, and it might be better for their win loss record if they do that. You know, if they're playing good defense, run the ball a lot, he's facilitating, maybe carrying the ball a little bit, but they're not putting too much on his shoulders, right? Maybe bad for your fantasy team, good for the 49ers checking down a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But the thing that worries me about his performance is the offensive line. They are right now in camp yeah. and they're they're with Trent Williams. Uh, he's kind of been in and out. He had a, a I think he had a, a family thing at the beginning of camp. And so he's out for a few days and, you know, they're not trying to overdo it with Trent Williams and get him hurt anyway. So he's kind of been in and out, but when he's out, they've had five different offensive linemen than who they started in week one last year. And that's not a great recipe for success for a second-year quarterback. So that's the biggest thing I'm looking for with the 49ers in preseason games, in training camp. I'm going to be at Niners camp, actually, leaving a little bit later today. I'll be there this weekend. And um, I'm going to be watching that offensive line intently because last year's second-round pick, Aaron Banks, couldn't even get on the field. He looked like he was going to be potentially a disaster. He remade his body. He's a little bit lighter but it's made him not as strong inside and he's been beating one-on-ones. And so a little bit worried there with the guy who's next to Trent Williams, uh, Alex Mack retired over the course of the off season. So 
you know, we got journeyman Jake Brendel battling with uh, Daniel Brunskill, who moves from right guard to center. You have rookie fourth rounder Spencer Burford, who's been just plugged in as a starter from day one at right guard. And uh, he's been getting pretty good reports at camp, but he's still a rookie. Rookie fourth round guy. You're expected to jump in and, and, and protect your young quarterback there. And then Mike McGlitchie's coming off a really bad quad injury from last year. Uh, he's a little bit down in weight, and so we'll see what he ends up looking like. But um, you know, at least three of five are going to be brand new at, at the very at the very least. And you know, if if anybody misses some time there at the bookend tackles, that's what worries me most about this team, and and th- that's what to really watch for. Even though like IUK and Debo and all those guys are fun to watch. Yeah, hundred percent. And you really stole what I was about to say about the line because. I think Trent Williams is the best offensive lineman on the planet right now, but he's very up in age. And, you know, we always do our breakout guys. I would think you Niner folks want the breakout guy to be on the interior of the O-line. I don't care who it is. Just give me somebody there breaking out, you know? Yeah. It would be nice if Brandon Ayuk had a year through year three breakout like Debo Samuel did last year. And and he's been the offensive MVP of camp so far. So things are looking good there with Ayuk, which is nice for the young quarterback. But uh, he, I would he finish take, the season really strong, though, last year, too. Like, I don't did, know why he, he was in the doghouse at the beginning. He was year, he right? was in the doghouse. You know, judging by my sources, he was in the doghouse because he just thought he could kind of coast in through camp and, nah. and never really had a full NFL camp because of COVID. So he didn't really know what the, the score was with that. And so last year we show up to camp. I don't think he really. He had just put the work in, and I think Kyle Shanahan was upset about that and didn't like sure. where his head was at, where his um, where his level of commitment is level. Right. Of, yeah, just his, you know, and his his preparation. He didn't like where his pre- preparation was coming in, and he was forced to play a lot as a rookie. So it looked like he was hit hit the ground running, but that was more out of necessity for how much Brandon Ayuk played as a rookie. So um, okay. Going by that, now I think that lit a fire under Brandon Ayuk because he had a really good offseason. He basically lived with Trey Lance, which is nice for that combination because Trey Lance trusts him and is targeting him often in training camp. Um, and they've worked together and run routes, and he's been throwing to him all offseason long. Brandon Ayuk is a little bit bigger, stronger. It's going to help him in those contested catch situations, which he was kind of bad at, at in college and coming into the NFL. So a lot of development has happened there, and I think he is fully out of the Kyle Shanahan doghouse, which is a great sign. Yeah, yeah, I, he's another one that I think is very sneaky uh, wide receiver three or so in fantasy that you can get cheaper. Um, your Niners, as always, have tons of inter- interesting stats that I dug up because they just played differently. You know, they were the heaviest 21 personnel team in the league by far. That means use check. You know, they're the best in the league basically every year on play action and after the catch. Uh, their sack stuff is extraordinary for the number of sacks, mind, you know, without blitzing very much. And, you know, it, it, six of their last eight first picks in the draft this year, they didn't have a first round pick. We've all been used on defensive linemen. You know, Trey Lance was one of the only ones in the last eight years where the first pick wasn't a D lineman. And they get so much out of those guys. I, I have extreme faith in this organization. I do too. They're well coached. D'Amico Ryan's mm-hmm. is going to be a head coach probably in this next head coaching cycle. He turned down some some interviews that, or he turned down some jobs or interviews, second interviews after he had some first interviews. I think he just wanted to have another year as a defensive coordinator. But he's a he's a head coach in the making, and they kept a strength to strength. Their depth is a little bit worrisome on the interior defensive line with Kinlaw's continued injuries but he looks healthy and so we'll see what that looks like but they're, they're going to get after quarterbacks and uh what they did the, the 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 star on defense in camp has been charvarius ward the free agent pick yeah for good things 
um, yeah, he, he's been awesome. So, and, and their linebacker group is one of the best in the NFL. So you love that. And, and definitely sure. looking at Trey, uh, Drake Jackson, I think is the guy to watch though, that second round pick, see if he could be the guy long-term across from Nick Bosa. And that would be just a dynamic pass rushing duo. If he is that guy. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I think he is. Yeah. And, and they don't need a ton from him right away. Cause they keep drafting all these guys and, you know, different D linemen that are very versatile, but yeah, I think he's the guy to watch. Um, Davis Price as well. I, I, I thought he was a little overdrafted in the third round, but I liked him a lot at LSU. But I think of Mitchell's backfield, but I think Price is somebody I'm very interested in as well. Yeah, it, that's definitely for fantasy purposes to figure out who running back two, three are, you know, yeah, because yeah. I think Elijah Mitchell's clearly the one. Is it going to be Ty Davis Price? Is it going to be Jeff Wilson? Is it going to be Trey Sermon? Those guys are, are kind of similar, uh, you know, more, more power and size with those guys. Um, then clear they're looking for that type of back right yep yeah. exactly and even the uh undrafted free agent jordan mason out of georgia tech is, is getting some love there in camp mm-hmm. with okay. reports uh another one on defense is talanoa hufanga can he run away with a strong safety job because that's a job that i think is up for grabs nickel cornerback as well they lost the starters jukowski tart and k1 williams in the offseason at those two spots and that would really complete the secondary of hufanga is as good as they're hoping he is Okay, that's definitely a name I'll pay attention to. Then. Yeah, yeah, he's a you know, I, I thought he's going to be a converted linebacker coming out of school. He's not, mm-hmm. fast, yeah, I did too. but he's so instinctive, good coming downhill. Can he cover? Does he have the speed on the back end? That that's the thing to watch with Hufanga. And if he's got okay. that, he's okay. Then he's good. Good, good. Okay. Uh, let's see. They were a ten-win team last year. Kind of snuck in back door to the playoffs and then knocked off the 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 Cowboys and the Packers on the way to the NFC championship game, the 49ers fell short uh, looking at the bet online betting lines for them this year. I think it is 10. It was 10. Let's see if that's changed recently. It's actually dropped a little bit, nine and a half wins for the San Francisco 49ers now, which uh, I think I would have to take the over, although young quarterback, like we've seen, Young quarterbacks take their teams to the Super Bowl and win MVPs in their second year, right? And then we've seen things go very, very, very south. So the, the, some volatility in this entire division, I think, just because, uh, especially with the 49ers and their quarterback. It's still my favorite over-under bet that we've mentioned yet, and it's over. I just trust Shanahan to cushion things very nicely for Lance, who I think has immense talent and will be up and down this year, but I still think these guys win double-digit games. Seattle Seahawks, seven and ten last year, and they lost their best player in quarterback Russell Wilson. That that's not a good combination. And according to reports on Geno Smith and Drew Locke in training camp, that's not going great either. So how bad, how much further could the Seahawks fall? And they were already a really disappointing seven win team last year. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think this is kind of a quick conversation. Uh, I mean, I, I I at this point it's August. And Drew Locke and Geno Smith are your quarterbacks. I kind of find that laughable, to be honest with you. Like, that's the best you could do this year. There are other options out there. That's not a plan. That's not okay. Yeah. And I like that they, you know, brought in a lot of draft picks for the first time. And they added a couple guys like Fant and Harris and those dudes in the Wilson trade. But I think this is a bad roster. Um, the, The numbers I can't stress enough for them, though, when I did my homework here was, the Seahawks ran 56.1 plays per game. That might not mean much to you guys, but Atlanta was second worst, and they ran three more offensive plays per game than Seattle. And then to put that in context, the Ravens ran the most plays in the game in the league last year. And when it's all said and done, the Ravens' offense basically played 
three games more than Seattle's offense. I mean, that's remarkable. And think about that for fantasy. You know, like, yeah, I'll take Lamar with three more games than Russell Wilson played, you know, and just in terms of points. And then I found this one on Football Outsiders. So since 1950, 1950, only three teams have had a worse plays per game differential than Seattle last year. And what that means is Seattle's opponents ran 15 or 14 and a half more plays every game than Seattle did last year. You can't win that way. I mean, it amazes me that they got the seven wins when it's all said and done. You're going to let the Niners run 15 more plays than you, the Rams, you know, the Cardinals. I don't know how you win. What you're telling me is draft all their running backs and don't draft DK Metcalf, despite his talent. I don't think I want the running backs either because they're just going to vulture each other. And I don't know if he's the one's the passing down guy. And I I don't know what you hang your hat on here with Seattle. That's tough. That's a tough situation. Keith Walker is obviously the player to watch there. The second rounder. Can he eat into Rashad Penny's production there? Is it a, is it a one, two? Is it a one, a one B could Kenneth Walker actually overtake Rashad Penny? Because up until the second half of last year, I, I would have said it's, Kenneth Walker's job is a high second round pick, but Rashad Penny finished very, very, very good. Strong. Yeah. Right. And, and um, Chris Carson's retired. And so it's, it's a two man show there. DJ Dallas can play Travis Homer. They've got other guys, but it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a two man show as far as I'm concerned there at running back. I'm going to go deep sleeper though, on player to watch in the preseason, because after Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf at wide receiver, there's not a lot to get excited about. Cody Thompson and Freddie Swain and, you know, Marquise Goodwin still going. D. Eskridge, they drafted the second round last year. Um, but I'm going to go all the way to their seventh round pick. One of their oh, two wow. seventh round wide receivers. They drafted Bo Melton and my guy, Derek the Freak Young. Okay. So Derek the Freak, 6'2", fast, 220 pounds. That's what I'm looking at. Uh, that's what I'm going to be watching for, and he's probably going to play a lot in those preseason games. He's going to have opportunity. I thought you were going to go with Eskridge there. Yeah, I mean, he was a second-round pick just a year ago. We hardly saw anything from him. I think he's kind of a, a sleeper. A um, couple names I like here, too. I, I think you have to be excited about Charles Cross. You know, I mean, an early first-round tackle. I mean, that, that kind of goes without saying. Um, Darrell Taylor is somebody that really has flashed as an edge player for them since coming in the league. I think Jordan Brooks, I don't want to say he's the next Bobby Wagner, but I think he's got a chance to be a top five type linebacker here. Um, but, but their corners are bad. I mean, right now, I'm looking at their depth chart. I know they drafted two corners in the fourth and fifth round, but right now, Sidney Jones, Artie Burns, and Justin Coleman are their starting three corners. Like, that's horrendous. <laughs> Uh, they did draft the best of the NBA players with Kobe Bryant, though, with that corner. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, Tariq Woolen is a you know a, a freak athlete, but a project as a corner, former wide receiver in the fifth round, so he probably won't make an impact this year. Uh, Jamal Adams dealing with broken finger right now. Um, Boye Mafe, I think, is the guy that I'm going to be most tuned into. Can he mm-hmm. be a legitimate edge presence for that team? Second round pick, so um, you know, is the future of this. Seahawks team was drafted in the second round this year and Kenneth Walker is the future lead back boy Mafe is a future you know stud D end obviously Charles Cross in the first round as well so that I'm just looking ahead with, with the with the Seahawks because I, I'm not too excited about their prospects for this year no I, I last thing I really wanted to mention though is the draft as you as you just kind of stated is a lot of people killed Seattle for drafting Kenneth Walker you need everything you can't use an early pick on a back 
I understand that logic. I really do. But I also give, you know, the Jets for drafting Brees Hall, the Steelers for taking Najee the year before. I think having an established young back is a nice thing for the next quarterback to walk into, you know, so I don't kill him for that. But where I was really going with this is most people look at Seattle as like the least analytically based team building franchise in the league. And I like their Noah's Ark draft, two tackles, two edge rushers, two corners, you know, <laughs> right. yeah, two, zebras, I like that. two lions, you know, yeah. right. I like that. Noah's Ark draft. <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're building some, I, I don't know what they're building actually, to be honest. They're going to lose a lot of games and I'm taking the under whatever the number is. I would like to say Quandre Diggs is a really good player. So he's I a really like good player. Yep. If, if Jamal Adams is healthy, I think Jamal Adams has been unfairly dinged now because of how much they traded for him, but he's still a good player. So Diggs sure. is, is solid. I'm worried about guys like Ari Burns and Sidney Jones and just sort of, you know, just some journeyman at corner. And their their defensive line isn't that scary bad boy defensive line that they've had there either for, to, no. to help the guys behind them. You know, Puna Ford's a nice nose type of a tackle. Al Woods more of a nose type of a tackle as well. You know, those bigger bodied guys to 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 plug the run inside. Shelby Harris, they got in trade from Denver, has been a nice player, but you know who's scaring you on offense? Who's going to be living in the opposing backfield? Daryl Taylor's probably not. You know, Alton Robinson, they, those guys in drafted in twenty twenty have an opportunity, but you know if it's not Boye Mafe becoming that guy, I just they don't have yeah. anybody that scares me on that defensive front. Yeah, quarterback anyway. aside, maybe an impact D lineman will be their biggest investment next year, or corner. Their corners are horrible. So a seven win team. With Russell Wilson, part of the time he did spend some a few weeks injured last year. Mm-hmm. Bet online has him at five and a half wins. That's pretty, pretty low up. number. That's got that to be is, like second or third lowest. Yeah, I'm still going under. I think they win four or five. Oh, so you think they're in contention for Will Anderson or a quarterback? Yeah, I very much do. Mm-hmm. And they have Denver first round pick next year too. I mean, they could look a lot different a year from now, but I think this is going to be a horrific year. Houston's the lowest at four and a half. Houston's and a better team than they are. The Bears are even better at six wins. And uh, Atlanta is also four and a half. So, yeah, Seattle's the third lowest over under at five and a half. Okay. I think Seattle and Atlanta and Chicago are probably the most likely, in my opinion, to get the first overall pick. Oh man, I don't think looking at it, talking through it, and and seeing how you know there's not been the glowing reports for either one of the quarterbacks in camp either because they're not good. Maybe they sign Jimmy Garoppolo next week after he's released. I would maybe take the over if they did that. Yeah, but you throw a quarterback in in early August. I mean, he has a lot of catch up to do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He's not the best. Like if, if if it was Garoppolo, he's not the best. Like. Deep ball, DK Metcalf. No, no. You know, con- like that's probably not the perfect guy for that style of offense where you're just going to, you know, um, run the ball a whole bunch, play action, drop back, and, and try to get one deep. I, I don't know if that's necessarily your guy there either. So, yeah, I, no. I don't like it. I'm going to go under as well. I'm with you. And they're not winning with defense while Jimmy manages the game or, you know, they yeah. don't have much to hang their hat on. I, I don't right. know if they win a game in the division. So if they're 0 and 6, feel pretty good about the under. Pete Carroll can coach. He's won a lot of yeah, games. Yeah. Maybe that's exactly where he wants to be, and they will uh, ambush some teams and, and win a lot more games and be better than we thought. Maybe it's addition by subtraction. Maybe uh, maybe Russell Wilson was the problem all along last year. I don't think so. Though. I will <laughs> give Pete Carroll a little credit, though. I mean, over not, the nine-year stretch before last year, they were 98-45-1 and 
that's pretty awesome. Not bad. Not too shabby at all. So you get the, you get the benefit of the doubt for this year. Then afterwards you got to (laughs) go. Right. right. Because I don't know what the heck you're trying to do there with the Seattle Seahawks team. All right. We've been going long with these uh, division previews for the preseason and camp, but uh, they are over now. So we'll be back at it Monday. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen, covering everything else going on with the league. We're getting into all the preseason games next week, and we're off and running with NFL football all the way through February. Thanks, everybody. Once again, Matt and I back Monday right here. Peacock and Williamson.